extreme budgeting, extreme sacrifice is like binge dieting. So if you have ever been on a plan that involved a list of things that you could or could not eat Mm -hmm. the minute that you find that out, you're like, I want everything on the list of the things that I cannot eat. And it just, and, and studies show this in, in money and in dieting or from a nutrition standpoint that actively restricting yourself or preventing yourself from doing something makes you want to do it more and you're that much likely more likely to binge on it. Hey, this is Allison and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast where we talk all things budgeting, debt and saving money. Today we have Tracy Bingaman joining us on the podcast and she is a working mom who suffered severe burnout quit her job and created balance and peace where there was frenzy and chaos before. She now teaches working moms how to pay off debt and build financial independence for themselves and their families. I'm so excited for you to hear Tracy's story. I think that it is so inspirational. Let's go ahead and welcome her on. Welcome Tracy to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I'm happy that you're here today and willing to share your story. Oh, well, you are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. So you have an amazing story that really hits home when it comes to focusing on what's most important in life. And I love it because I think so often we can get lost and we can forget sometimes what we're working for. So go ahead and share your story with us. Yeah. So this was about a year ago. Now I am a surgery PA by day and a financial coach by night. So I was working as a surgery PA Mm -hmm. and I was walking through this season where I was just totally burned out and I was working 60 hours a week. I had unhealthy boundaries with work, anything that I could have been doing wrong to not be taking care of myself. I was doing, um, during that season, I was fighting anxiety and depression and insomnia. I developed pneumonia and I had an autoimmune condition that I was diagnosed with because I was really running myself ragged Mm -hmm. in, in this quest of being a good teammate to all of my wonderful colleagues who I really Mm -hmm. loved. And I, I would have said that that was my dream job. So it was my dream specialty, an area of medicine that's very niche. I was doing robotic urology and I was doing hospital only, which is very, very tiny section of medicine. (laughs) What is robotic urology first? So I am a surgery PA. So I had done years of general surgery. Mm -hmm. And in this position, I was working on the Da Vinci robot doing really complex cancer cases for prostate kidney reconstruction in the urology world. Okay. So very fulfilling because you're making a big difference in people's lives, but at the expense of your sanity, I mean, anxiety, did you say depression? I I don't know if you, and and your health and everything. So I'm, I'm curious to know just because I feel like so many people can relate to this, whether it's our job or something else that drives us to this breaking point where you feel like this, because I've, I've done this as well. And honestly, it was my business that did it to me. Mm -hmm. Did you see signs along the way? Looking back, yes. So in hindsight, once I was totally burned out and at the end of my rope and ready to quit at every staff meeting, mm-hmm. once I looked backwards, I could see the warning signs. Yeah. But as I was walking through it, my husband could have told you I was getting progressively more and more burned out because he was seeing changes in the way I was showing up for our family and the way yeah. I was showing up at home. But I was 
just sort of walking through this season, like, oh, I've always been healthy and I'm sick now. Oh, I've always been patient with my kids mostly, but right now (laughs) I don't have like, I'm not good at dealing with toddler tantrums Mm or I just had, I used up all of my mental and physical capacity and patience at work. And so I would walk in the door at home and they would be like, mom. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I feel so seen. Cause that's actually how I was as a teacher. I felt like I gave my best to 60 some students that I saw throughout the day. And I came home and I had nothing left to give to my family. I remember it and thinking, is this the way it's supposed to be? Am I supposed to show up my best? And I think a lot of people do that at their job, right? Cause you're supposed to put on this really professional front and you want to be helpful to your teammates. Like you said, your colleagues and you come home and these are the people that you almost unload on. Yes. Yeah. I was treating my family in a way that I would never have acted at work Mm -hmm. and I'm not proud of it for sure, but But there were some interactions. Yeah. And I love that you're owning it. Oh yeah. It was not, it was not a great season Mm -hmm. as a mother, as a wife, or even as a human, because (laughs) I was just doing so much Mm -hmm. and I had always been sort of type a high achieving goal oriented. And at work, Mm -hmm. someone would say, Hey, can you get me a report on X, Y, Z? And I was like, done. Yeah, I can do that. And then at home, the kids were like, can you pack my lunch? And I was like, no, like (laughs) I just, I don't have the bandwidth for that. It just stressed me out. Okay. So tell me, like, did you have this moment in time where you were like, something has to change? Like, did you hit this rock bottom? What happened? Or did you just realize it? Yeah. So there was actually a moment which I've heard people describe, but up until it happened to me, I didn't really understand. So to set the stage, I was working 60 hour weeks, 12 hour days, five days a week. And so, and I was salaried. So my organization was loving it because I was putting in all this work (laughs) and we didn't have enough staff. And again, part of it was that I didn't have healthy boundaries, but I worked Mm -hmm. Wednesday, 12 hours, Wednesday night, I was on call overnight. I had gotten maybe two hours of sleep. I was in and out of the ER on the phone and it was 6 AM. And my family was like getting up for the day. I'd been up for at least 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And my daughter who was just about to turn two, had just gotten up and my husband had kind of got her out of her crib and she walked down the hallway. Now I'm on the telephone. I have a sick patient. I'm trying to transfer someone. Mm -hmm. I have the ER waiting for me. And she comes around the corner. She's dragging her blanket. She's all tired, like all warm and Mm -hmm. snuggly toddler in the morning. And she says, mama up. She wants to be picked up. She wants to sit in my lap and I have my laptop and my phone. I'm on the phone. And I told her, no, I can't, mama can't Mm -hmm. hold you right now. Mama's busy working. Mm -hmm. She's the youngest. She has four older brothers. And I'm sure this is a phrase that she got from one of her older brothers. She looked me right in the eye and she said, mommy, you're stupid. (gasps) Oh, and I'm like, well, first of all, we don't call people stupid Mm because that's not nice. And in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. Oh, being called out by your toddler. Because because they see it and they're honest, right? Brutally honest. And that was her way of saying, mommy, you're not here. Yes. Right. Those, that and, was the and, way she had it. Oh, and she was not happy about that. And I, yeah. And I, and I started bawling and mm-hmm. she started bawling. Cause she's like, what happened? I broke yeah. mommy, you know, like, <laughs> and my now six-year-old, he was five then 
kind of ran into the kitchen and he got my husband and said, um, mommy is overreacting, which is like something that we say, like, oh, you know, it seems like you're overreacting. Like, it seems like you're overreacting. Like, do you want to take a time out or do you want to spend some time like away from the situation? And he says to Dan, uh, mommy's overreacting. I think she might need like a timeout or to get oh sent to her gosh. room. And I'm like, please send me to my room. Like, <laughs> like, so yeah, it was this, it was this epiphany where I realized mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to show up for my family the way that I wanted to. And sure. I was making great money. And yes, I did love the content of the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had tried to go part-time and my organization said, no, I had yeah. tried to create boundaries and it just wasn't successful for one reason or another. And then, um, that morning, Dan said to me, you need to quit today. You need to quit today. Oh my gosh. And I said, I can't quit today. The hospital's too busy. I won't even have time to resign. And he was like, mm-hmm. you need to quit. Like you can't keep yeah. going like this. And so I, I did also didn't want to quit. Like I didn't want to feel like I did it in the midst of a meltdown with right. those, an emotional, you know, an yes. emotional decision. Yeah. So we had been talking about it for weeks to months before that. Wow. And I had, I had put together a proposal and met with my manager and her manager about going part-time and in the, before I presented the proposal, Dan and I sat down and we ran a budget for what it would look Mm -hmm. like if I worked part-time and also what it would look like if I kind of had to quit. Oh my gosh. Yes. So let's get into the numbers. Okay. So could you, could you afford to go part-time and could you afford to quit? Yes. Wow. Yes. And yes. So that's very liberating. Yes. And, and Dan is much more, I think I have been working on having an abundance mindset. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, it'll work out. Like Eh. everything will be fine. And I'm the budget maker. And he's like Mm -hmm. the stamp of a, he's, he's involved, but less I am the nerd. I am the nerd. Yeah. That's how my husband and I are like, I do it for fun. I'll write our budget. Like a week beforehand as a, like, let me see how close I can get to the real thing. Like just for fun, just because I enjoy it. And then my husband's like, either this looks great or that we need to remember, don't forget to include this. So stamp of approval. So you have someone, so he was more hesitant, right? Oh yeah. And he, what he saw was, I said, if I had to quit tomorrow, our Mm -hmm. income would drop by X. Yeah. So next year we would bring in this much less per month, this much less per mm-hmm. year. And he was like, that's a big number. Yeah. And oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, but like my sanity is priceless, mm-hmm. right? Like right. my ability to be sane and a whole human being for mm-hmm. this family is in fact priceless. And he saw that, but it took him a little while to kind of come that's around. Scary. Yes. So did you quit? I did quit. <gasps> oh my gosh. How, how soon after that fateful morning? One week to the day later. Wow. Mm-hmm. One week to the day. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. So you quit. So then h- how were you able to, okay, hold on. <laughs> but are you still <laughs> working now? Like what, what's, what happened next? So I resigned my contracts mm-hmm. that I had to give 90 days notice. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I That's did a that. long time, long time in medicine. You have to do credentialing. And so okay. there's like a long runway for getting a replacement for you. Okay. So they do that. I think for that reason. But I also, when I resigned, I met with my manager and I said, I will work my 90 days that I'm contractually obligated to mm-hmm. work, but I want these days off. I mm. need some relief. I need not to be working these 12 hour days. Or if I'm working 12s, I need to work three a week, not five. Yeah. And they released me at a fraction of those 90 days because they just didn't want to accommodate my boundaries mm. that I was trying yeah. to create, which I was fine with. I was just... I resigned. And that night I slept through the night. 
Mm-hmm. For the oh first time in months, for the first time in months, wow. I slept. That's amazing. So how were you able to do that? Because that's a big pay cut, right? So let's, t- let's jump into what you must have done beforehand to set yourself mm-hmm. up, to be able to make this big life change. Yeah. So in that season of burnout and being able to resign, I had so much gratitude to my former self (laughs) for for being diligent Mm -hmm. and things were going well. So I have done very well as a PA. I love my career. I have been diligent about being exceptional. And so I was making good money. Mm -hmm. My husband, has an undergraduate degree in psychology and Spanish, which he uses not at all. Uh, He does HR systems and like mm -hmm. business analysis. And so he's worked very hard, but I, I don't attribute it to what we make. I attribute it to what we did with what we make. Mm -hmm. So we were very intentional about what we did money-wise and looking back, we could have approached it so much in a much more collaborative way Mm -hmm. because 22 year old me said to 20, not 22 year old Dan, but said to Dan back then, this is the system that I have and you can either get on board with it or not. <laughs> like, it was uh, like, oh my gosh. Not it was not well, good. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we all have to get through those kind of bumps in the road oh, to yeah. find out how to communicate and work together on those things. That's, I think that's yep. totally normal because I can see myself <laughs> doing, I probably did the same thing and I just don't want to admit it. <laughs> So yeah, so we got married. We had, we've had a budget every month since the Mm -hmm. month that we got married. I have two teenage stepsons now who were young children then, and Mm -hmm. we've had three more babies since then. So we have a really busy household, but within the first three and a half to four years of our marriage, we had bought the house we live in now, sold the house we were living in originally and paid off our entire home mortgage. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So how did you do that? Were you making extra payments each month? Were you making one big payment a year extra? So we were doing extra payments every month, pretty much whatever we could find. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely, we did travel a little bit. We did take a honeymoon and we did take a trip with Mm -hmm. the kids. But other than that, in those first three years, we said no to everything and it was not sustainable. I wouldn't do it that way again. (laughs) And you know, I think that sometimes we dive in head first and we start in a very unsustainable path. And a lot of people burn out and give up and assume they can't do it because it has to be done this way. And so I think it takes real realizing that you can have a balance with it, but I'm curious to know, and if you don't answer this, you don't have to, but were you investing at the same time? Were you, was your goal to pay off the mortgage and then invest? What was your mindset around that? We were investing. We were not investing as much then as we are now because Mm -hmm. we have much more wiggle room in our budget now that we don't have a mortgage payment at all. Right. So we did, we maxed our employer funded 401k or 403b. Um, We took advantage of the match and then we maxed the amount that we were able to contribute at the time maybe up to, maybe that's not correct. Maybe up to like 15%. Like I think we were doing some, but not all. So you were investing still. Oh yeah. You were like, yeah. Oh yeah. So you were still investing and able to pay off the mortgage. What was it like whenever you realized that you don't have that monthly mortgage payment? 
It's so, I, I love the feeling. I will never go back. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell me that you have the most amazing house with the most amazing view on a piece of property that we would just dream of living on. Mm-hmm. And unless we could pay cash for it, I would just say that looks amazing, but it's not for us because right. the feeling of not owing anyone anything mm-hmm. there's so much to be stressed out about in this life and so many things that you cannot control that to be able to take control of that and not have to worry about it ever again. It's just total relief. Like I just feel relieved. Oh, I love what you just said. I want to, I want to go back to what you just said, because I think that it's gold. You said there's so much to be stressed out in this life and so much we can't control, but your money is something you maybe not at first you feel out of control, right? Mm -hmm. So many people come to you and me for help Mm -hmm. because they feel like they have no control, but with a system with the right system in place, they can have that control because you're right. There's so many things that happen in this world that we have no ability to, to say what's going to happen, but we do have an ability to say what our money is going to do. So I love that you said that. Today's episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. Paying off debt is not always as simple as it seems. And so that's why I've created a roadmap to help you get started so you can pay off debt fast. It includes seven easy steps to follow that will set you up for success on your debt-free journey. And I'm going to be sharing with you the three most common mistakes holding people back from paying off debt so that way you can avoid them. You can get this free download by clicking the link in the show notes or going to inspirebudget.com slash debt-free. So how, I, I know you said that you lived a very, y'all were very, I guess, diligent and maybe you, it sounds very, almost extreme. Were you extreme yeah. during that time period? Oh, yeah. Okay. So what if someone doesn't want to do that? What if they're like, nope, that doesn't interest me. What tips do you have for them to say, okay, well, you don't have to do it this way. What, what do you suggest for other people now? It's so funny. Cause Dan and I were just talking about this the other day and he was like, what you teach is not what we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what you did and then let's talk sure. about what you teach. <laughs> yeah. So we did extreme sacrifice, cutting out mm-hmm. everything, trying to live as frugally as possible, mm-hmm. kind of knowing, like we had run the numbers and I mm-hmm. said, Hey, if we get serious about this, we can, if we do this sprint, we can be done so quickly relative to the rest of our lives. And then we get to spend the next 40, 50 years married, raising our family, Mm -hmm. not worrying about payments. And so we definitely were like, we were not like maybe in the deep end. We were like in all the way. Yeah. You were laser focused. Yes. yes. Everything was focused. I mean, were your, I guess your kids, I don't know how old they were at the time, the older, the two stepsons I guess they were little kids. Do you think that they were aware of what you were doing? Oh, like, yeah. were they asking like, oh, I want this. And you're like, no, what, yeah. what was they that like? Knew. They absolutely knew. And we, we had, I remember having a conversation with my oldest stepson on the way to summer camp. He was maybe 10 mm-hmm. and, and he oh, they said, know at that age. Oh yeah. So they he was know. like, what's a mortgage? Like, how does it work? Like, will I ever have one? And so, and he's a pretty like numbers oriented mm-hmm. kid. And so I said, Hey, this is what this looks like. What if after you graduated from college or got your first job, you never, ever borrowed money and you just mm-hmm. saved up and bought a house for cash and then saved up more and moved up in house. And he was like, okay, 
like, why would that matter? And so I said, this is how much, like, this is how much a mortgage is. This is the percentage interest. And he's like, well, that's not much 2.75 or (laughs) 3.25. Like that's not much. I'm like, yeah, but it's on a balance of $500,000 or $200,000. And I see him in the back seat and he's like, whoa, like, yeah. And I'm like over the course of 30 years or 15 mm-hmm. years. And I see him doing the math and he's like, I'm never going to have a mortgage. Yeah. I would rather, I would rather be a millionaire than have a mortgage. Yes. I was like, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So, so yeah, they were aware. They definitely they were aware. So yeah. y'all sacrificed a lot. You cut back on everything. What do you tell people now to do? Like looking back on how you did it, Why, why, what do you tell people now to do? And why do you tell them to do it differently than what you did? So extreme budgeting, extreme sacrifice is like binge dieting. So if you have ever been on a plan that involved a list of things that you could or could not eat Mm -hmm. minute that you find that out, you're like, I want everything on the list of the things that I cannot eat. And it just, and, and studies show this in, in money and in dieting or from a nutrition standpoint that actively restricting yourself or preventing yourself from doing something makes you want to do it more. And you're that much Mm -hmm. likely more likely to binge on it. And then you Mm -hmm. feel terrible because you ate Reese's peanut butter cups or bought a purse or whatever it is that you splurged or binged on. And so the restrict, the restrictive way that we did it is not what I teach. I work with people to figure out what matters most to them. Mm -hmm. And then we work to build a budget that funds those things. Yes. Oh, I love it. It's not that you don't have to sacrifice. You probably do. And most people who are coming to you or coming to me, we don't just say like, keep up the good work and everything will be better. We say you have to change these specific things and you have to adjust some things down to make room margin in your budget to be able to pay off debt or save for college or invest whatever it is that you're working towards. But if you choose to turn down the categories that don't matter so much, yes. Like if you love shoes and clothing and makeup, like write it into your budget. Mm-hmm. And if your spouse loves golf, figure out a way to do that. That doesn't compromise your goals. But if cable doesn't matter to you, cut cable. Yeah. So cut something that you're not going to miss anyway. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't feel like the budget is telling you no. You feel like the budget is telling you yes. Yes. So I completely agree 100%. I feel like you and I are very similar in that. And and especially just the way that we talk and we teach, because there are going to be people out there that tell you cut everything, restrict, restrict, restrict. You're dumb if you don't. And you and I, mm -mm, no, we, we leave with more empathy. So I want to know really quickly, what are some of the things and I want to share mine too. If you, if you could go back and do it again, right? Let's say you rewind the clock and you don't do this restrictive budgeting. What would you let go of? What are maybe like two things you would let go of and two things you would keep? So I would stop spending money on expensive date nights. Like Mm -hmm. date nights don't have to be a $200 restaurant bill and a movie and going out. Ours kind of start at like $80 because we have to pay a babysitter. So so now, you know, like, so we have to pay the babysitter, but I would have looked for, and I think these dates are honestly more fun, creative ways to connect with your spouse that Mm -hmm. don't include an expensive restaurant, like take out tacos at the park. And we've Mm -hmm. done that during seasons where we've either tried to be creative about going out or just investing in each other. So I would say I would 
stop spending money on expensive sort of traditional dates, okay. but still be intentional about investing into our marriage. And I would also, I want to say like trendy fashion, but I would still spend money on clothes. <laughs> okay. I love it. So I agree with that. I, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I don't, I would cut out, and this is something we do right now, right? We don't spend a lot of money on super fancy clothes. We live very simply in terms of clothes. And honestly, having boys helps because there's just not as many cute options. Like I think if I had a daughter, I would be super tempted. And so even with our kids, you know, we're very simple and minimal in terms of the clothes that we buy, but then we also like use, instead of spending all of our money on that type of stuff, we spend our money on Mm -hmm. camping trips and weekend activities or weekend trips. And then one thing that we actually cut when we were on our journey was cable and we cut cable before Mm. it was cool to cut cable. We actually cut cable whenever our health insurance skyrocketed the cost skyrocketed, like right whenever Obamacare was uh introduced, our health insurance increased. And I said, look, I'm not willing to send less money to debt. So how can we cut out $150 a month is what it was between the, between our, you know, our household income. And so we cut cable. And one thing I loved about that, that I didn't realize before is I always had HDTV on in the background. It was Mm -hmm. almost like white noise. And so I feel like when I no longer had that, I was able to focus on what was actually happening inside of my home more. And we put the antenna on the the antenna, rabbit ears. Oh (laughs) yes, we did it. And so, and then we only had Netflix before it was, you know, before it was gone. I remember my dad would come and he would be like, what? There's no cable. And I was like, sorry, dad, we're on a budget. We cut that out of our life and I, we still don't have it. I don't miss it. And, you know, instead adding low cost streaming alternatives. Oh, great. Okay. So final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice when it comes to managing their money without sacrificing what they love, what would so it be? So the most important piece to not sacrificing what you love is to figure out what you love, what you actually love, oh. not what society tells yeah. you to love, not what your friends and family love, mm. not what you were raised to think you were supposed to love, but what truly brings you. Mm-hmm. And if you're married, your partner or your family joy, because often those things oh. are in conflict with what we thought we were supposed to love. Oh my. Okay. So what do you love? I love travel, which has been a crappy year for Mm -hmm. travel, but we've still managed to do some in a way that we felt safe doing. I love feeling and looking my best. So for me, that sounds like Mm. haircuts that matter and makeup that makes me feel good and getting my nails done Uh, kind of alongside travel, but I really love experiences. So we've been Mm -hmm. trying to give fewer things as gifts and more tickets or adventures or things Mm -hmm. where we're intentionally spending time with either each one of our kids on their own or one parent, one adult goes to a concert or sees this because that's really for us. Like when you think back on your childhood, you don't think like, remember that time I got that remote controlled dog. You know, you think of like, remember that time we saw the grand Canyon, like, remember Mm -hmm. when we did this or even just, it doesn't have to be expensive, but being intentional with time. And so for us, that is both in the budget and also in the way that we schedule our lives. I love it. Oh, that's so great. (laughs) 
Tracy, at the end of every interview, I like to ask three questions just to get to know you a little bit better. I don't want you to think too much <laughs> about these, but it's just fun to, like I said, get to know our guests better. So the first one is what is one thing on your bucket list you want to do? I have always wanted to backpack through Europe. And so I have sort of decided that that isn't going to happen in my youth, but maybe (laughs) in 10 years (laughs) when my toddler is a teenager and she's the youngest, we'll Mm -hmm. take all of the kids on an adventure backpacking through Europe, which definitely looks different than I had dreamt about it would be, but it would definitely be different. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. I, I went I guess you could say backpacking through Europe, kind of, I had a backpack, but I was on like this tour and we did, it was right out of college and I did 11 countries in 25 days. And it was, it was incredible. I I loved it. I used my student loans to pay for it. I don't recommend that, (laughs) Um, but it was wonderful. I think I might actually do it over again. Okay. The second question is you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. What do you do with your time as a mom of five? What do you do with your time? Gosh, hard to even fathom what that would look like, but (laughs) I would, if I hadn't already that day, I would move my body in some capacity, preferably outside. Mm -hmm. If I could swing it, whether taking a hike or playing Frisbee or riding a bike, we have two incredible dogs who really would live outside if we didn't make them come inside. Mm -hmm. So I would hang out with them outside. I would probably get a pedicure and not just like a paint your nails pedicure, but where they use like the salt scrub and like the warm stones. And yes. during the pedicure, I would read a, not a fiction book, not self-help, mm-hmm. not a money book, but just something that just like sucks you in and really like sweeps you away to the place where the book is written based. And then I would probably mm-hmm. go to lunch by myself. I would get Thai oh. food or Mediterranean food and oh, eat really slowly, it. like <laughs> <laughs> savor all those moments and not share your food no with one. anyone. No one would say mommy. No one would need me. It would be amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. And the last question is my favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. So I have a, a practical one and then a much more fun one. So let's do both. My favorite bill that we pay every single week is our daycare bill. I love our children fiercely. I'm so glad to be their mother. I love raising them. If you have kids in daycare and you're listening, your daycare teachers are not raising your children. They're helping to care for them. You are raising them. Mm -hmm. But I also love being able to work and run my business and for Dan Mm -hmm. to be able to work. And so the daycare teachers who pour into our kids every single day, they are amazing. I love I love writing checks to daycare. I'll be glad when our kids are too old to need it. But like for now, I'm so glad someone is there taking care of my kids right at this moment. And I'm so happy to pay for it. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. So that's your practical practical one. I love it because I completely agree. Our kids were in daycare since you know, very young age. What is your fun one? Uh, My fun one is uh, romantic getaways. So we try to do several romantic getaways a year when our kids have been younger and COVID has been happening. We'll stay nearby. Like we just did one Mm -hmm. eight miles away. There's a historic inn, and we were not 15 minutes from home, but we did two nights away and I really enjoy that time. And I think in 20 years, when our kids are all gone, I'm going to be really glad to have invested in our marriage, even though times are crazy and it's hard to make the time and schedule the time Mm -hmm. and get the babysitter. I love, love to stay in a nice inn and to go to the spa or just read a book. There's a lot of reading happening when my kids are not around. (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. So Tracy, go ahead and share a little bit about where our listeners can find you. Awesome. I love to hang out on Instagram. You can find me at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, which is how Alice and I connected. And so that's the best place to go to find me. I'm always sharing resources and advice there and learning alongside you kind of how to navigate this world and how money is a part of it. Cause it is every day, whether you like it or not getting in control of it, it will make you be able to create a life that you dream of where there's margin and you have control of your time. And it's not all about getting more money. It's about taking back control of your own day. And that starts with getting control of your money. Oh, I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I hope that this episode with Tracy really inspired you that you can pay off debt while living a life you love and not sacrificing everything you love. Ultimately, I hope this helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. I'll see you next week on Thursday.